Hello and welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you. It's Lindsay and Krista. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being OG fans. I know y'all are out there. And if you're new to the show, welcome. I'm where'd you find us? I'm I always know. so curious. There's actually a lot of people have been messaging me. They're like, I'm new to the show. I know. Blah, blah, blah. Always finding it at the right time, which I'm really grateful Completely for. Completely agree. And we're in person. We're, we're together. IRL together. I picked up her from the airport this morning. Said I'd have bulletproof. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> or divorcing. Yes. Yeah. I flew in from New York. I'm here quite a bit this month, which is great. We're getting so much in. Lots of interviews and it's just been, it's been really good. Flight across country is no joke. I keep no thinking about- joke. I keep thinking about Kim Kardashian. I don't know why. Like going to Wyoming? No, just flying. <laughs> <laughs> Just flying everywhere. And then I was like, what? she's on a she's private jet. She's not flying jet. any more than anyone else. <laughs> yes, she, I feel like she is. On a, on a PJ. I feel, like, I feel like celebrities are always just going back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, they from do New York rip to around. LA. They rip around the world. Yeah, it's a lot. It's just funny because back in the day when you're younger, you're like, oh my gosh, that's like so sexy. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, bi coastal, sexy. Yeah. I used to, like, when I was in the corporate world, they'd be like, okay, we need you to go to... Decatur, Indiana. Mm. And I was like, sick, Mm -hmm. I'm traveling for work. (laughs) I literally thought anywhere I went for work, I was like, fucking sick, traveling for (laughs) work. Get my own hotel room. I'm busy. (laughs) Literally, I'm busy traveling for work to Gary, Indiana. (laughs) Yeah, I just watch when I'm not the best in the air, I just feel like shit. But I watch this like vein under my eye just continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger when I travel. It's very weird. I don't really know why. But we saw Manuela today, who you've been Mm -hmm. going to for quite some time. She's a heal. Healer, intuitive. Yeah. Shaman. I I stopped because she said today, she's like, oh, I don't call myself a healer. I call myself a blah, blah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's the thing with all healers they're like I'm not a healer it's you healing you you're like okay so what do I call you healing facilitator yeah, yeah everything like everything like moves the goals always move it's like when you call someone something and then like it catches on people are like no more yeah I'm no longer a coach I'm a mirror you yeah I'm a, coach. I'm a mirroring guide I went to this one healer I did this one healer session she's one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram but I did one of her sessions and it was called a mirroring session. Mm. It was, it was. You're like, I don't want to look at myself. The the mirroring was me asking her a hundred questions about her and her life and me not getting anything out of it. (laughs) So that was my whole mirroring experience was because it was such a mirror of like, leave it open for possibility. I was like, oh, wow. (laughs) So what did you learn that? Nothing. You like to ask a lot of questions. She was like, this was incredible. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, I've learned. It wasn't her fault at all. It was completely mine. But I was like, oh, this is moly. too much flexibility in it all. Mm-hmm. I need structure with my What healings. was I going to do? Be like, anyways. Mm-hmm. So totally. we were with Manuela today. We were with Manuela and she was saying, she's like, she looked at me. She's like, oh, you need to eat before you get on a plane. Mm. Because like, it's very grounding to eat before you get on the plane. And like, if I'm up in the air, I'm already vata as far as my dosha goes. And so it's very air and then I'm up in the air and then I'm like taking on everyone's shit in yeah. the air. Then you're an airhead. <laughs> then you're a freaking airhead. I actually, I feel like a fucking airhead when I fly, but yeah, it's 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 good to be. Are it's, you air signs? What what signs are you? Gemini's yeah. air, right? Mm-hmm. I'm air and then Libra is air. Wow. Isn't that weird? 
no wonder I'm stupid. Honestly, (laughs) it's funny because that's like back when I grew up in like, in Ohio, my mom would be like, don't be an airhead. And I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> like calling someone an airhead. Oh. But the 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 hygiene of of flying is like a, such a craft and a skill. And it's one of those when you actually take the time to be like, I'm going to wear the right outfit. Yes. I'm going to pack the right food. I'm going to be, I'm going to have the right things to do. I'm yes. going to journal. I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to have the right intention with my time. It's so rewarding. Mm-hmm. But when you're not, it's hard to do that every time you fly. Well, I, I just forget. Uh, and of course. I, you know, but I think because I'm going to be flying a decent amount this year, I'm going to get into like a, a whole damn routine you with should. like my, my biohacking on the plane. But I had my, not to like talk about sponsors, but I will because it works. I had my element for hydration yes. on the plane was so, so important. So I had You're like- You're addicted. Tw- I'm addicted. 24 ounces of water <laughs> and element, which is like an electrolyte uh, mix with no sugar. The grapefruit flavor, grapefruit flavor. You like the grapefruit? I love it. <laughs> it's the best flavor of them all. Yeah, I just tried. I I really like. I it. I love grapefruit. Mm-hmm. What's our code for Element? Element, element is drinkelement.com slash almost 30. Slash, let me just and you guys get free that. Element, actually. You can try it for free. Yeah. You but yeah, like that's a, key. That's key. And then I have my uh, blue blockers, the... Um, the Remedy Sleep Mask. So if I want to sleep, I, I I wear it every single night at home because we don't have blackout curtains. So I actually need it to sleep. And on the plane, it's essential. Essential. Mm-hmm. When we would fly internationally for tour, I would be able to get a full eight hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. Maybe more. There was times I got like 13 hours Pissed of sleep. Pissed me off it that was you amazing. slept the whole time. My neck's all crazy. <laughs> you you guys should see Krista, the way in which she's able to sleep. It's she'll, creative. She'll either, she'll like put, she'll like lock her hands behind her head and then lay yeah. her head on the little. Or it's like, have you ever seen those? I, I do something with my, I lay my table down and yes. then I put my backpack on top of it and then I lay yes. on top of that. Very smart. Um, I usually like to bring chlorophyll water, mineralized water drops from Saqqara mm-hmm. on the plane. And then like a athletic greens, like a yes. greens is good. Element is really good. Blue blockers is good for um, blocking out just light when you want to sleep. Mm-hmm. What are some other things that they always say for you to bring? I'm trying to think. Oh, you know what? Comrade socks. Oh, having um, the best. I don't know if they sponsor it or they, they don't, don't sponsor, but, but maybe the code works. Yeah. <laughs> try almost Check, 30. Try almost 30. <laughs> Comrade socks, they have, um, what are those called? Compression, Compression socks. Compression socks are really good for your circulation during Game long changer. travel. Mm-hmm. And then if I'm on my computer, just because I do get headaches really easily with the blue light. So I'll wear my blue blockers. Yep. Sometimes the summer glow because it's like a yellow hue. So I feel like I'm kind of outside. And then... Yeah, I, I don't really eat while I'm on the plane, but if I do, like an, a good bar, mm-hmm. like a bar that's like super clean, mm-hmm. like a Go Macro better bar. or a Better Bar, yeah. or, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm going to get it down to a damn science because I feel like I rolled up today. I was like, hello. I know. <laughs> energy. I know. I did hear though uh, that it's hard for your body to digest when you're in the plane. That it's hard to digest oh, when yeah. you're in air. Yeah, that's why I don't, she said I should eat before, but I'm like, I don't like to eat at like 5 a.m. and uh-huh. then get on the plane. It's not my vibe. Yeah. But. I do like to bring a journal and just kind of like, okay, what is my intention for the time? You mm-hmm. know, like how am I going to use the time or else I'm just like doing 
stupid things, but mm-hmm. I'll try and journal. I'll try and like make that my time to make my manifestation list or make my goal list. Yeah. Just like do a check-in. And then what I'll also do, there's an app that I use that I really love. It's called Smart Cleaner. Mm. And it's was my app idea and created into an app. But I used to say that they should create an app that deletes your duplicate photos on your phone. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, when you take a photo, we just took photos of us and Manuela today and we probably have nine and they're kind of the same. Yeah. So we only need one of them. So Smart Cleaner goes through and it gives you the option to delete all of the duplicates and it picks out the best one based on lighting, based on people looking at the camera. And so it can clean out all of your photos. So I'll usually do that on the flight is like work, like turn on my smart cleaner app and it'll go through and then I'll have to manually choose like, yes, please delete the other eight and all of that. So it goes through videos, photos, screenshots, everything. And that's helped keep my memory for my phone in great shape. So smart cleaner um, is an app that I use. You have to pay beyond a certain point, but I would definitely get the free trial, but it's really Super great. Super smart. Because I don't want all those photos. Because uh-huh. also too, if you think about it, if you edit photos, people use Visco, people use whatever. Mm-hmm. There's almost always a few versions of one photo on your photo roll at a time. Yes. So I also, if I can help it, if I don't have to be online for work, I'll not be online at all during oh, the flight. Yeah. Oh yeah, Sean taught me that. He's like, oh yeah, that is my time. Uh-huh. It, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, but I also like being productive. So, and it makes the time go by. So I just kind of have to see how I'm feeling. hundred percent. But yeah, Brooklyn is amazing. I keep saying it. I, it's crazy. I'm like, I am that cheesy person that's like, I fucking love it. But I fucking love it. It's it's just it's surprising me. Yeah, very very much so. Brooklyn Heights is special. Yeah. It's groovy. I know. It's like jazz music 24-7. Jazz music, trees, 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 birds, birds. It's just, it's wild. But I do have to, I'm noticing this like need for grounding. We're pretty high up in our building. And then also just, you know, there's subways everywhere underground. So just like finding ways in which to ground. So I'm like going to the park and just taking out my shoes mm-hmm. and like being in the grass or even Stepping going near the water. Yeah. Stepping in poop. <laughs> just getting poop between oh my toes. My God. Literally. <laughs> it's key though. Manuela was saying that. Did she say that to you? You need to find, get closer to the ground. She was saying about the subway system. Yeah. Just how it's like, it's uh, a lot on my nervous system, even though I, I'm not For really on sure. the subway and I don't feel it, but like, Obviously, it's there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that, how in New York, there's so many ways to be desensitized where you mm-hmm. have to like tune down your sensitivities mm-hmm. and like being on the subway is one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, with all the sounds, all the noises, all the people, you really have to tune, turn off. Yes. Any sensitivities that you have. Protecting. Yeah. Protecting. I do a little like, sh- yes. just a little bubble around me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was grounding after our session with her last week. I went to the park. There's that park close by. Mm-hmm. Lost one of my AirPods, which was sweet. Because I was like sitting in the ground by the... It was so weird. I was like what? sitting on the ground by this tree and this girl's dog walked by. And I didn't reach for it. I was just like, hello, dog. And she's like, oh, could it come to you? It doesn't come to everyone. I just got it from the shelter. We're trying to socialize it. And I was like, sure. I ended up talking to this woman for like 30 minutes and her dog about like how much we love fostering animals. Aww. It was so cute. And they, he ate your AirPod. I think he did. <laughs> I think the little fucker ate my AirPod. <laughs> no, what I literally was like, I've had this AirPod for a day. Oh, you're not meant to have AirPods. I completely maybe, agree because every that's... time they're in my ear, I can feel the EMFs, the tentacles of 
my destruction. <laughs> I can feel like tentacles of pulsating energy. Yeah. It's just not the vibe. Just get the little stringy. Ugh. That's what I feel like a lot of our friends have that because they're oh, hip to the EMFs. Oh, okay. Maybe I should get that. Yeah. Dude, the best thing for EMFs before we um, get into this episode, the Soma Vedic. Mm, I got mine. I'm, mm-hmm. you guys, so, new sponsor. Do you, so that I'm, I manifested. Yes, I, it was at Dr. Danny. So I go yes, to uh, an amazing intuitive chiropractor here in Los Angeles that we've been seeing for a long time. Her name's Dr. Danny. She does Reiki work and then she does craniosacral and chiropractic. And I see her maybe once a month just to kind of get like a tune up. Um, and she had one in her house as one of the Soma Vedic EMF devices. And I was like, oh, what is that? She's like, it's Soma Vedic. It protects you within like 3,000 square feet of your house from EMFs, mm-hmm. from like junk uh, radiation, from all these different things. I'm like, oh my God. And I was like, just like, I want that. And then, you know, two two weeks later, Bess is like, oh, new sponsor, Soma Vedic. So and they sent one to the house. I was like, freak, yeah. And it's the best. Mm-hmm. I just put it in, you put it in the center. Yes. And it just covers. Yep. It's just a green, it's basically like a green light machine and they have different variations and different types of the Soma Vedic device. You can pick whichever one is the best fit for your house based on, you know, where you live, how much EMF or radiation or junk energy waves you have potentially in your area. And the one I got is basically the basic one. Mm-hmm. And it basically mitigates the harmful effects of EMF. It helps with cellular regeneration. It harmonizes your body when it's exposed to EMF and just creates like a really beautiful, coherent field Mm-hmm. in the home and I've loved it. You can even put your um, like bottles of water. Oh, near and structure the, them? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to keep the Berkey by that. Yep. Whoa. Yep. It's very, very cool. It's so dope. What's the code? Uh, the code is almost 30 for 10% off. So good. So it's Soma Vedic, S-O-M-A-V-E-D-I-C. And then it's almost 30 for 10% off. It's it's one of my favorite things. Yeah. yeah. Super important. And we're not, it's one of those things that like, because we have so many devices, we're not really noticing the effects. Yes. We're probably blaming it on other things. Mm-hmm. But I think the root of a lot of these causes like lack of sleep, mm-hmm. et cetera, are the EMFs. 100% agree. That's, I have my, another device I have. I'm biohacking Barbara over here, <laughs> call me Dave Asprey, uh, is my aura ring, which mm-hmm. is, I'm hoping they sponsor you guys. This is my manifestation in action, but it's my, it tracks my sleep. It tracks my heart rate variability. It tracks my steps, like my basal metabolic rate, my body temperature, and I'll notice my sleep. I've been mm-hmm. obsessed with watching my sleep and it is crazy that some nights I'll be in bed for 10 hours. Wow. And I'll get maybe eight hours of sleep and it's not like all that quality. So what do you, have you like been able to kind of track what is affecting the quality? Melatonin. Okay. Fucks with my quality of sleep. Wow. Taking it. Taking it. Meditation before bed, helpful. Mm -hmm. I took proper, you know, that's that supplement. They're not a sponsor, but it's called proper, proper sleep. I had really groovy dreams. I think it's the GABA in it. Mm. Really groovy dreams. Slept pretty well. There's um, Quaaludes. Qualia. <laughs> oh yeah, Qualia. No, I ran out of Qualia sleep. Uh-huh. I, ha- I freaking uh-huh. love their stuff. And I ran out. It was one of those sleeps where you feel gooey. You're like, oh, you wake up and you're kind of like, yes. Yeah, it's by Neurohacker. Yes. So that's Qualia. 
And it's their night uh, their supplement night. just for and relaxation. And then my sleep, I was noticing too on my aura ring that my sleep would be better if I was wearing my Remedy sleep mask or 100%. if I had worn the red I know. glasses right in before. the hours before bed or the blue light blockers during the day. And I want to do a test too with my red light therapy device because I have a red light therapy device and we talk a lot about it in this episode with Andy Mant mm-hmm. if that, um, affects my sleep as well because that helps with your cellular regeneration and things like that. But yeah, all all of that, but all in the same vein of this conversation today with Andy Mant. He's a friend of the show and he's the founder of Blue Blocks who we've been working with for years. We actually did an interview with Andy Mant a little over a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago when we were in Australia on tour. Mm-hmm. And it was such a fascinating conversation. All of the information that I learned from that, I still talk about. Like same regularly. You guys will too listening to this. Yeah. Grab your notebook and you're gonna be the smartest. It's one all in the room. about like in the original conversation, we kind of circle back on it today. Light quality and how we can use light in our lives, like the sun, to actually give us benefit, give us energy, give us vitamin D and not be fearful of it mm-hmm. for like aging, for sunspots, for anything like that. It's actually how you work with light and the sun is really, really important. And then we talk a lot about blue light. We talk a lot about uh, red light therapy, which is one of my favorite things. And we really go into like more biohacking science, ways in which we can adapt in the modern world to be our healthiest self. Mm -hmm. And what I love too, you know, just on your point of working with the sun, I think like we are told like the sun is bad, stay out of the sun. And there's very specific ways in which we can be leveraging the really good blue light and the full spectrum of blue light that the sun emits. It's that natural blue light. You know, for example, if you know you're going to be going somewhere where you might get a sunburn and you don't necessarily want to use a ton of sunscreen because there's stuff around sunscreen that isn't so great for our skin all the time and our bodies that you can increase the um, melanin in your skin over time. So maybe six months before you go away. And he's giving us um, very tactical ways in which we can build the melanin, which was super, super fascinating. And yeah, I just, I I love him. He is like a wealth of knowledge, such a seeker and a curious being Mm -hmm. who like, goes directly to the studies. Mm-hmm. You know, like he is always, always researching and questioning and just making sure that he is reading everything because there's so much information out yes. there. It's hard to discern. I love him so much. And Blue Blocks now has their red light therapy devices, which we've been waiting and for. And I'm so excited about. So I've been doing red light therapy for a long time now. I actually don't have my device yet through Blue Blocks. Um, because they just actually came out with their devices, but I've been doing it for over a year now and it's helped my recovery from workouts. I've helped to help soreness. I've helped like my muscle tone. It helps with cellulite. It helps just so many things. I feel like it's been a really big benefit. My skin has been a huge beneficiary Mm -hmm, of it. Big time. Like I don't feel like I used to have as much fine lines as I used to because it helps with your collagen production through the cellular repair work that it does. But I'm excited to get the Blue Blocks one because they have no EMF coming from it. And mm-hmm. that's the thing is my my red light device, people would tell me it's amazing, but there's tons of EMFs from it. Yeah. And so Andy got theirs test at Blue Blocks, their EMF device. And no flicker. Low EMF, sorry. Yeah, low, low, EMF. low EMF and no flicker. So a lot of lights have yep. a flicker. Yep. So if you were to slow it down or like take a video of it, you would see a flicker, which is 
really harmful and they have no flicker. Yeah, so. that's why I think that's why uh, bulbs at like corporate companies. Uh, yes, when you have that fluorescent lighting, that's yeah. why fluorescent lighting is bad for your eyes because it's flickering at a very, yeah. very, very fast rate mm-hmm. that your brain is sort of picking up on mm-hmm. and causes like general stress and anxiety. Yeah. So the red light can improve your sleep, increase your strength and endurance, um, can help with autoimmune conditions, fight hair loss, speed healing from injury. If I've, I actually sent one to my mom last year. Um, she was healing something on her hand and it was so helpful just mm-hmm. to put on it every single day um, and all with very little to no side effects. Yeah. It's just incredible. It's amazing. So Blue Blocks, partner of ours, the code is almost 30 to get a discount. Lindsay and I love... Uh, They're blue light glasses. I have the Magnums. And then I also like the Summer Glow. There's like the Lennon, not the Lennon ones. I love the Arrow Summer Glow. Yeah, the Arrow Mm -hmm. Summer Glow, but they have really cool styles. And then we also use the Remedy Sleep Mask. So the Remedy Sleep Mask helps us to sleep more deeply. We use it um, most nights in bed and then when we travel. So these are pretty much our light hygiene toolkit. And then we'll also be getting the red light from Blue Blocks. And we love them because it's just a couple that owns them. They're out of Australia. They're incredibly thorough about their testing, about their research. And they're just like really, really good people that Mm -hmm. make quality products. And their blue light glasses are some of the only ones that actually work. There's a lot of blue light blockers that come out that are actually just really cheap frames that actually don't block the certain light bands that are appropriate to block when you're looking to really be thoughtful about your blue light mm-hmm. hygiene. Yes. Yeah, because a lot of the ones that you'll get on like Amazon, the cheapies don't work. They don't so work. So you gotta be careful. Um, okay, excited about this one. And before we get into the episode, just wanted to mention and let you all know that we will be altering our episode cadence Mm -hmm. every single month. So we're going to be doing an episode every single Tuesday uh, as usual, and then two Thursdays a month. So uh, we're excited about that. Yeah, it's just kind of a, a change and it's an just evolution. Just what's going on? Yeah, it's just what's going on. It just is. Yeah, it just is. <laughs> you felt like you had a lot in your box, so yes, we're just kind of pulling yes. out a few. No, it's good. I feel like we yeah. just want to put out baller. Every episode we want to be really baller. Mm-hmm. We also have uh, extra episodes in the membership. Yes, that we release every month, and then we're also doing so many courses and programs and emails and lives and everything like that. So you guys know where to find us, but we're really excited to just really up the ante with every mm-hmm. guest that we have on and make every episode even better. Amen. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. uh, And we will catch you on the other side of this episode. Yeah, we love you. Just blown away. And I actually still have so many of the nuggets of our conversation that I drop all the time. It's like my favorite thing to drop information that you shared with us on the pod. So we're so glad to have you back. I think there's a lot we can talk about today in the biohacking space. I know you guys just released a red light therapy device, which I'm so excited about. And there's so many articles on your blog and on your YouTube that are just fascinating. So welcome back to the show. Hey, honor to be back. Yeah. It's been, it's been so long. Mm -hmm. I can't believe it. Cause we were, I remember when we met up in, um, Sydney, mm-hmm. 2019. We then planned to come out and see you guys in LA in April 2020, and then all hell broke loose, and yeah. we had to cancel our trip and get yeah get behind Fortress Australia, and we're still not allowed out. We haven't been allowed to travel outside of our country um, since March 
2020 and wow. they're not going to open the borders until middle of 2022 so yeah we're proper imprisoned at the moment we can't go anywhere wow oh. yeah i wanted to check in you know just thinking about 2020 and how that drastically changed the way our day to day goes i'm curious like how how you adapted especially you know through the lens of like biohacking and making sure that you know your health um, is optimized in that like very specific and very stressful time. Yeah, I mean, it was it was twofold really. I mean, you know, we were we were fortunate, I guess, when you know the proverbial hit the fan. It was still kind of summer, spring, um, sorry, summer, autumn here, which is still pretty warm. The sun's always shining, so you know, being sort of in a six week initial lockdown, we were, we were okay because we could just go outside. Um, you know, we, we could be in our gardens, we could take in the natural light and, you know, you know, from our previous conversation that natural light is gives you serotonin, dopamine, makes you feel great. And, and it was okay. You know, we were like, this will be over by June, winter will come and, and off we go again. The, the, the big issue came really with the lack of human to human contact, we were all allowed, which meant that we had to do more of what we're doing right now, which is jump on a Zoom call, which exposed people to more and more blue light when they weren't. So, you know, we we saw a massive increase in sales over, over the COVID period. And um, that was not from any kind of specific advertising, taking advantage of the pandemic or anything like that. It was just people just suddenly a, a, a switch flicked in them to say, you know what, we're going to be exposed to more blue light here. We actually need to research this a little bit more and we need to start protecting our eyes and, and our, our hormones. And, you know, we we saw so many more people take take on the, the blue light, um, you know, management during the pandemic, which was really great to see because we only have to sort of read the stats of, you know, sort of depression rates, domestic violence, suicide rates during the pandemic that something's going on here that's causing people to act in in a very different way. And, you know, just having that isolation from humanity is one of those things, but also that intensification of blue light and, and lack of natural light is is really, you know, in intensifying that situation. And I, I feel from, you know, you guys up in, in the Northern Hemisphere that, you know, when all this hit, it was, you know, it was, it was sort of the, the end of winter, you know, it was depressing times anyway. So, yeah, it must have been so tough. But yeah, we, we had to get a lot more biohacking in and off, off the back of it, you know, red light therapy, which we can mm -hmm. talk about a bit later on, came to the forefront of our sort of minds as well as, as something that could really start to, you know, elevate people's moods a lot more and, and help people recover from bouts of feeling down and, and just bring some proper good light into their lives really uh, in the midst of uh, this, this horrible pandemic. Yeah, I mean, in LA, we don't really have seasons, so we weren't in the winter. You know, we weren't really in any type of season because it's always the same here. But I, I definitely think uh, we have a, a girl on our team in Canada, and I mean, it was. I could only imagine having to be inside in a lot of places. You weren't even allowed to really go outside, so that was like you know a whole issue in itself. But it's such an interesting thing, you know, when you think about your business and you think about what you do with red light, blue light biohacking. It's like, obviously you want to grow and you want everyone to be aware of light hygiene. But then too, it's like, this is the effect of how our new lives and how we're all working from home or most of us have been working from home. And now we're in front of the computer so much more. We're in front of people so much less. We're on Zoom calls all the time. So it's like that catch 22 feeling where you're like, I'm so thankful that everyone is now becoming more thoughtful about their light, but then also 
people are inside that much more and people are on their computer that much more and people are really stuck in this certain place so much more. I'm so interested about the link to depression and you know how light hygiene can affect that. Is it that the blue light prohibits serotonin from being released because we're not getting the, getting the full spectrum or what's exactly happening from a chemical perspective as far as your mood and light? Yeah, it's, it's, it's more of a dopamine story when it comes from for depression. So typically people that suffer from sort of that depression, anxiety, those types of sort of neurological conditions, they can't seem to get enough dopamine for some reason. The dopamine receptors aren't working as, as well as they should be. So you can't get those sort of reward feelings. You might have, it might have been abused from too much dopamine in the past, or it may just not be functioning properly. And on the serotonin side of things, that's more of a sunlight story. So serotonin is is really key in, in uplifting mood. It's also amazing for helping sleep later on in the day. But if you're not getting enough natural light, so all the different colors, not just blue light, you know, UV, infrared light, you know, during the day, then you're not going to develop as enough serotonin. And, you know, depression and, and mood-related disorders always originate in the gut, and that's where serotonin is produced. So it's, it's sort of twofold, the serotonin on the neurotransmitter side and, and dopamine on that sort of hormonal side. And when it comes to, to light, what happens is blue light triggers dopamine release. Okay. So when we go outside and we see, you know, a, a beautiful blue sky on a lovely sort of summer's day or spring day, whatever it may be, you instantly feel great being outside. It's that sort of feeling that everyone gets, you know, if you're sat inside and it's miserable and gray, you feel down depressed, but if you're outside, you feel great. You've got amazing, amazing feelings. Um, and that's the dopamine and that's the serotonin. But what happens is that when you're exposed to blue light in isolation for longer periods of time than you're supposed to ancestrally, so from the moment you get up all the way until you go to bed, which is unnatural because blue light isn't present after sunset, the dopamine triggers are continually going off. So you're going to be impairing that receptor. So over time, you're just going to not get the same feeling of that sort of great, I'm, I'm in blue light over time. And from the serotonin side, when people have gone into lockdown, they're obviously not going to be outside as much. You know, I guess somewhere like New York would be a good example that people probably don't have gardens or really big outside areas. Maybe they're living in apartments. And when they're in lockdown, they're stuck and confined inside without getting any, you know, natural, natural light. And, and light for a window doesn't count. That's still junk light. And, and I can tell you why later on with regards to that. So you've got, you've just got to be very aware that in this new world that we're in that you shouldn't be afraid of, of of being outside like outside's great you know like uv light for instance has been shown in multiple studies since covid um to be actually a real good preventative measure to actually getting covid um, it actually kills the the virus and other flu-like viruses vitamin d obviously increases your immune system it's great to be outside to get that but going back to your original question question krista it's it's definitely a dopamine and serotonin story. Um, and the fact that we've been confined inside means that we cannot produce serotonin in any real great quantity, which means we're going to obviously feel, feel down and depressed. But what I'd like to caveat as well is that, you know, light is a big factor in this as much as, you know, nutrition is a big factor in depression, much like isolation from other human beings and social circles is also a factor. Cause I, I I wouldn't, you know, it'd be wrong of me to say that, you know, blue light is the cause of your depression. It's one of the factors 
along with lack of sunlight, along with maybe a crappy diet because you're feeling down and you start that vicious circle. And maybe the fact that you can't see your friends face to face is is all contributing to it as well. So it's a, it's a combination of things. Yeah. Mm. And with just a question on that. So with the light, is it that it's being consumed by our eyes, like consumed, it's like being taken in by our eyes, but also can our skin sort of detect different rays and types of light? Because I always feel like, I'm wearing my blue blockers. Obviously, I wear my blue box, but sometimes I feel like it's also being absorbed by my skin. Is that mm. possible? Yeah, that is a thing, definitely. Really interesting study. And I don't know if I mentioned, I don't think I did mention it on the first one. And even if I did, it's good to recap it. Um, there was a study many, many years ago, okay, that showed they did an experiment where they wanted to see if blue light in particular had an impact on melatonin secretion. So melatonin helps you sleep. It's the antioxidant that repairs all the damage that, that happens during the day. Really important hormone. And it can only be produced, we know now, in the absence of blue light. So if you're sitting watching TV in an evening, you're not going to produce anywhere near enough melatonin to get a good night's sleep um, and produce enough of it to repair any of the damage that's been caused during the day from things like UV light or pollution or stress or just general metabolic processes. So what they did in this study, they took a group of people and they slept them in complete darkness, measured their melatonin levels. And then the next night, they shone a blue torch on the back of their knee for about one to two minutes whilst they were sleeping and then measured the melatonin levels. And they found a massive drop in melatonin just from shining this torch on the back of these people's um, knees. It was statistically significant, really interesting paper. And nothing really was done much on that for many years. And then they released a paper in very similar time, actually, to when we caught up. So it was about, about sort of December 2019, I think it was. And they did a test on weight loss in subjects that were exposed to sunlight. And what they found was when they were testing this um, hypothesis, they, they found that exercising outside means more fat loss, um, which is great. But as a byproduct, they found that a specific frequency of light was activated by the skin, which was 480 nanometer light. And what we know about that specific frequency of light is that it is translated in the eye, that, that specific frequency, by something called melanopsin. And melanopsin is a blue light receptor. So by finding this sort of reaction in the skin of 480 nanometer light, they knew that melanopsin was therefore present in the skin, not just the eyes. So what was hypothesized and is now pretty much set in stone in fact is that the blue light receptors that we thought were only present in the eyes are actually present in the skin, the brain, the fat tissue, they're everywhere. So you can wear blue light glasses all you want. If you're not having a, you know, if you've got blue light in your environment, it's on your skin, you're still going to have an impact of reduced melatonin, increased cortisol levels where, you know, you're going to be really stressed all the time, you won't be able to unwind. So this is why it's really important that, you know, when you are, you know, in an evening, for instance, say you're watching TV and you've got your, your blue light glasses on, that's fantastic. You know, you're going to get a better night's sleep. Don't get me wrong. But if you're not wearing long clothing or covering your skin, maybe with a blanket, you know, you can even install red light bulbs if you wanted to, instead of your, um, you know, horrible blue lit sort of overhead bulbs. Um, which is really interesting. And, you know, another thing as well with, with relation to, to the skin 
And this may sort of be shifting a little bit away from your original question, but it's still interesting with the skin. The skin can't actually detect UV light, which is really interesting. Mm. And it's something I've, I've found out since, um, since meeting you guys last. And UV light can only be detected in the body when blue light is present. Okay. Mm. So where I'm going with this, when you're outside on a beautiful blue sky day, typically UV light's going to be present because there's, there's no clouds blocking the sun. The, the light goes through the eyes and on the skin and your body then goes, brilliant, there's UV light here. I actually need to protect my body against UV light. So I need to increase something called an antagonist, which is something that sort of neutralizes any of the damage caused by um, UV light. And that antagonist is cortisol. So when blue light is present, cortisol rises because it's a protective measure against UV light. So the problem you've got after sunset is when you turn on your TV, you open your fridge, you put on your house lights, or you look at your smartphone, that blue light then sends a message to the brain and the brain's like, okay, number one, it's daytime. I need to be alert and active. And two, there's probably UV light present here. Let's jack up our cortisol levels and be stressed for a bit so we don't get skin cancer or any other nasties. So we're just wreaking havoc with hormones. And it's so interesting that the skin plays such a huge role in it now. And the more I go down the rabbit hole on this and the more studies that keep coming out, it becomes more and more clear and more obvious that of course the skin would be, mm-hmm. you know, a, an important factor with light. Like why would it just be the eyes? You know, if our eyes were covered or, mm-hmm. you know, we were blind, we would still need to function as, as, as a species. And, you know, the backup plan there is, is the skin. Mm. We need a blue block suit. I know, honestly, for watching <laughs> TV. I think we need a blanket. We need a blanket, honestly, baby. It's just, you know, as much as we try and pull apart the parts of our existence, it's always comes back. It's like, this is a full thing. This mm-hmm. is skin. This is eyes. This is hormones. This is body. You know what I mean? We always try and like, okay, I'm going to wear blue blockers for my eyes. And then the skin's also affected. It's just as much as we as humans try and pick apart different aspects to biohack our health, we always come back to like, this is a full on 360 living organism Mm -hmm. that exists in the world that needs to be taken care of as such. I would love to talk about UV light and like from the sun and the health benefits. I also briefly read just about, you were talking about how to prevent a sunburn, how to kind of like prepare. Mm -hmm. And as we go into the summer season here, in the um, US and or in our hemisphere. I just thought that was really interesting because I, I feel like in the last couple of years, we've kind of gotten, gotten hip to the idea that the sun is good for us mm-hmm. and we are no longer, you know, putting 80 SPF all over our bodies and our face, though we are protecting in some way, shape or form, but just understanding that there are so many benefits to sunlight. So can we just talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. The sun's a really interesting one because it's, so much context has to be applied to the, to the sun, right? So the sun is like this amazing ball of energy that gives out heat. It gives out, you know, photons and light and pretty much all life on earth has evolved and thrived under this ball of fire in the sky. And, and it's not out to, to kill us. Okay. So we need to like get that, lots of those facts out. I guess the, you know, just quickly on, on that, there, there are issues with the sun. If you're light hygiene regards artificial light isn't correct. And also if you are around a lot of man-made surfaces, Mm. and I can talk about that again in in a bit, but in terms of the benefits, right? So UV light is, is fantastic because it's, what it does is it synthesizes when it hits the skin with something in your body called cholesterol. Okay. So again, this is a big thing that people 
all over the sort of health community, um, you know, the official ones, not the not the ones like like us where we actually do the research. Mm-hmm. They say that, you know, cholesterol is really bad um, when it's not. You know, we need cholesterol in our bodies to synthesize with UV light to to create vitamin D. And when you look at all the studies with vitamin D, people that have higher levels of vitamin D have lower cause or mortality. So what that means is that the higher your vitamin D level, the less chance you have of dying from anything. Okay. And we've also seen, as I mentioned earlier, there's been amazing studies coming out recently that showing that UV light actually um, kills, um, you know, coronaviruses, um, COVID-19, which again goes completely against why we put then everyone indoors when outdoors is where Mm -hmm. you can kill the virus. But that's a whole different rabbit hole to go Mm -hmm. down. You know, UV light is also really good from a a quant point. And this one's probably going a little bit sort of deeper. And I'll just give the sort of rough guide to this is that when, when we, have you guys heard of like grounding, like like earthing, like where you just, yeah, you put your bare feet on the grass and you take in the current from, um, from the earth and that reduces inflammation. Okay. And the reason it reduces inflammation is because it's a direct current, it's a DC electric current that runs through our bodies. And it's what our bodies were, ancestrally created to absorb because we would as cavemen or whatever um, would walk around the earth barefoot and it was that that reduced the inflammation because of the dc current well it appears that when uv light passes through our eyes it synthesizes with something called dha and dha is normally found in like fish eggs things like that and it's at the highest concentration in the eyes. Okay. Like when you go to some cultures like Japan or China, they eat like fish eyes and like sheep eyes and things like that, because it's real high quant- concentration of nutrients. So when that UV light hits that, um, D- um, hits that, um, DHA, it actually turns UV light into a DC electric current, which then reduces inflammation in the body. So when, when you're taking in the, the, the UV light. It's not just synthesizing vitamin D, which is fantastic. It's also reducing inflammation in the body by synthesizing with the DHA. Now, on and, and UV gets a really bad rap, right? Because like, like blue light, right? Blue light is fantastic in the day because it makes us feel alert and awake. But whether blue light comes from the sun or it comes from our monitors or our, our lights, it still causes cellular damage. It's a really high energy light. It's going to happen. And red light is the antidote to blue light. So if you have red light, which is in the sun anyway, if you're outside, that repairs any of the cellular damage and you're not going to you know, wreck your, your cells and, and cause cancers and things like that. That's why red light therapy is really important. But with UV light, it gets a really bad rap, a bit like cholesterol. Okay. So UV light does cause damage to your cells if you have too much of it. It does. Um, there's no argument against that. Studies have shown this. But nature then has that antagonist like cortisol, which obviously repairs that damage, but also infrared light. And also a really important study that came out, albeit was in a lab using skin cells, was that they found the skin has its own circadian rhythm. And during the day, it's in this real protective mode, okay? It's it's because we're active during the day, it needs to be protective. And then in the absence of blue light, they found that the skin went into this repair mode. So when we're outside getting all the benefits of UV light, but also getting the damage to our skin from UV light, ancestrally, we would have then not been exposed to blue light, which would have given the skin a chance to recover. 
Whereas what are we doing now after we've been out during the day? We go home and then we're shining blue light on our skin from our TVs and house lights. So our skin can't recover. Mm. So it's not the UV, it's the artificial light in the evening that's perhaps leading to these higher incidences of, you know, sort of melanomas and, and skin cancers and things like that, because we're not allowing the right light conditions for us to heal the damage caused by the UV light. Mm. Now, the second part of your question about preparing your body for it. So if you wake up in a, in a morning and you don't watch that sunrise and at 11 a.m. in the morning, you decide, right, I'm going to go outside and I'm going to sit by the pool, go to the beach, and I'm going to sunbathe all day or sunbake. What, what do you guys call it in the US? Sunbaking? Oh, I like that. I like sun, that better. Yeah, sunbathing. Sunbathing. Yeah. Sunbathing. <laughs> but I like baking. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, baking. <laughs> Australia say baking, but I'm British and I say sunbathing. So <laughs> yeah, sunbathing. Let's use that one. Um, so you go and do that, but you haven't prepared your body. Okay. So when, I'm, when I came on your show last, we talked about watching the sunrise because you get certain hormone release at that time of the day. And every sort of point of the day that goes on, you get different messages from the sun that release different hormones. So what you need to do in terms of preventing sunburn is you need to build up something called melanin in your skin. Okay. So melanin is a pigment and it gives us our natural skin color. So what melanin does is it filters UV light. So if you live like my wife, Katie, who, who you've met, she's from Wales. Okay. They get like one day of sunshine a year. So naturally she's like as white as a ghost. So the reason no she's offense, Katie. that pale, <laughs> no I'll offense, bring babe. her into the fend herself in a bit. But, um, <laughs> she's, she's not anymore. So anyway, she, but, and the reason she, she is very pale means that she has hardly any melanin mm. because she doesn't need to filter UV light because there's, none of it in Wales, you know, you just need as much of it as you can, like sod the melanin. Whereas if you come down to Australia and look at our, the indigenous population here, the, the Aborigines, um, you know, they have very dark skin. They have a huge amounts of melanin in their skin. Why? Because UV light is so strong here. They need as much filtration as they can. Otherwise they're just going to get too much UV light and probably have a life expectancy of like 15 years old. It's going to be really bad. But the good thing is you can change the melanin composition in your skin by being outside when UV light is at its lowest. So there's no UV light present at sunrise and there's hardly any present at sunset. And that slowly then creeps up for maybe two or three hours. So if you go out in the mornings every day, maybe for half an hour, maybe an hour, and you just sort of sit outside, watch that sunrise, you're also taking in infrared light and other sources of light from the sun at that time of the day, and your melanin levels slowly and gradually increase. So you get this sort of base tan or this sort of brown um, sort of complexion if you're Caucasian, and you then can build up the melanin in your skin. So when you then go outside later in the season or later in the day, you've got then this protective, almost like natural sunscreen that then filters the UV light. So you can take more of it in before you actually burn. Um, whereas if you do what Katie used to do when we moved to Australia, which was we used to just both of us go outside at midday and start sunbaking, we would burn. We would go from white to pink, like with no in, in, in between. So you've just got to make sure that this is why this context always applies. You know, if I just say to people, go outside, sunbathe all day, it's totally fine. You're going to be all good. It'd be really remiss of me because people probably would get skin cancers because they would miss the very vital part, which is you've got to build the melanin first before going out later on in the day, later on in the season. So for instance, it's winter here now. And I was outside for an hour this morning, 
it was pretty pretty bloody cold to be honest but i was outside just taking in the sun and trying to just you know keep the melanin levels high during the winter because when spring and summer comes i'm going to have such a good protective barrier against uv light that i can go outside for longer i don't need to wear sunscreen then i don't need to seek the shade as much and it's just a much better existence because I'm I'm not burning and, and I haven't worn, worn sunscreen for about five years now. Um, and I haven't burnt in that time. And, and, you know, I was in the Maldives maybe three years ago and there was no remorse from the sun there. And I didn't use any sunscreen. I was just lying on the sun lounger all day, reading my book and didn't burn at all because I'd spent six months before I went building up my melanin and being outside and, and getting that protective sort of natural sunscreen. I swear when I used to go to the tanning bed, I built up my, I built up my melanin because <laughs> I don't really, honestly, when I was in high school, I was like, oh my gosh, it was, it was disgusting how much I tanned. I think on prom one year, I went to two different tanning beds in the city or in Ohio, but I think I built up my melanin because I don't really burn anymore. Mm. I kind of burnt my back yeah. in Cabo, but I was like, I realized that and I don't actually get as dark as I used to anymore. I kind of just keep in between a, a, a phase. Whereas before mm-hmm. I would get super dark as I would just mm-hmm. tan like crazy, but now I really don't get that much dark. And I've always thought that. I'm like, I think I built something up when I was going to the tanning bed all the time to like yeah. protect myself. Yeah, definitely. You definitely would have done. They're not the, obviously we know they're not the healthiest things to, to do <laughs> because it's, it's it's junk light again. It's oh not sunlight, but you, you would have, you would have built melanin up. You would have done and your vitamin D levels would have been high as 100%. well. So, you know, there is, Good things from it, I, I guess. I was I trying to get some. I mean, it's pretty <laughs> gray in Ohio. So I was trying to get that vitamin D. That's for sure. Yeah. I loved actually when we talked about the sun hygiene conversation, our last one. But I want to talk about your setup because you have like a beautiful biohack setup. So for people that are on Zoom all day, they're on their computer, what would you suggest that their setup be like for them to feel energized, for them to feel like their space isn't sucking energy from them, but actually giving them energy? Yeah, really good question. One, I actually, um, I did a, did a YouTube on it actually recently, I think a few weeks ago, which was, which was really cool, like five ways to biohack your workstation. And it's really important, you know, because you're just going to have the life sucked out of you if you're just staring at a blue lit screen all day. It just eventually you're just going to have enough. And it was interesting before we got into our conversation, you were like, where's your blue light glasses? And I was like, well, I biohacked my little office here so I don't have to personally wear them. So some of the things you can do right to buy a hacking workstation is I think the, the the biggest thing where I've changed my mind on it, and this was after I had a very long conversation with Dr. Jack Cruz on the subject, who's one of the leading experts in light. And you know, we were having a back and forth about windows. Okay. Should you sit near them um, because you're getting natural light from them? And it was quite clear that my thoughts were, well, you're, you're near a window, you're getting mm-hmm. natural light in, that's going to mitigate any of the blue light damage. Whereas Jack's view on it was when you look at a window, you're not getting sunlight in, in its complete natural form. It's being filtered in certain ways. So anyway, we had this conversation. I went away and did a bit more research and um, I found out some work that Dr. Alexander Wunsch was doing, who is like the godfather of light. He's a German like sort of quantum biologist. And the, the guy is doing has been doing this for 30 years and he's doing some really crazy stuff at the moment um, that is going to change how we think even more about light um, and how it's impacting our body. 
And he was agreeing with, with Jack's side of the equation that, you know, there's three types of light. There's um, natural light from the sunlight, which is light that hits our skin directly with no filtration. You've got artificial light from LED sources. Then you've got junk light, which is light that is impaired before it hits the body. So it comes from the sun, mm. it's blocked by a window or filtered, or it's filtered by sunscreen or something like that. That's junk light. So he was explaining to us that the fact that, you know, you sit near a window, you're actually filtering out a lot of, of the beneficial frequencies of light. So when you're sitting near a window, you're letting, you're blocking a lot of UVA, but you're letting in a lot of UVB. So you are getting a lot of the damaging or more damaging, more volatile frequencies of UV light hit your skin and less of the less volatile um, frequencies of, of, of UV light. So actually sitting away from a window is number one priority um, when you set up a workstation. Whereas before I would say sit near a window. That's the same with that, a car too, yeah. right? That's the same exactly with like a car. Exactly the same, yeah. yes. Whenever you drive your car, always have the window open a little bit. It doesn't have to be right down, just a little crack to let natural light in. So that's a good hack, really good point. And the same is true if you sit near a window. So for instance, my window is just there, but it's open. So I haven't got, I'm, I'm sat near a window, but it's open. So I've got natural light coming into me. And you can probably see it's hitting against my skin here. It's like really light. So that's a, that's a big thing that people can do. You need to be able to reduce the blue light that's emitted from your screens. So if you're working during the day, you still want some blue light emitted from your screens, okay? But but not as much of it. And these days, you can just go to your settings, go to display, and you can put it on night shift mode and just have that on during the day. And that will reduce down the, the blue light. And that's a free thing people can do, as, same as opening a window. Another good thing is you, you want to balance the light. So as I, as I mentioned earlier briefly, blue light's good during the day. Too much of it's going to cause too much cellular damage. What repairs it? Red light. So you need to have some sort of red light source near your workstation. A salt lamp's pretty cool um, to use. You could have a red light therapy device if you wanted, um, but you know you, you probably wouldn't need that in its entirety for that purpose. Maybe a salt lamp, maybe even like a, a lamp with a red light bulb in it um, would, would be really good. Another really good thing to do is ensure that you're getting natural light breaks as well. So don't just, we know this from a health and safety perspective, you know, in, in many corporations, you know, you wouldn't just sort of sit at your screen all day. They say, you know, take a break every sort of hour for five minutes, look away from the screen, focus on something in the distance, but take it one step further, get outside, you know, in the morning, go for five minutes outside, just so your eyes can see natural light in its purest form eat your lunch outside, you know, go outside in the afternoon and get some light as well um, is, is really good. And also, it's not light related, but keeping hydrated. Um, blue light actually takes a lot of the moisture from your skin, which is why blue light actually accelerates aging. Um, red light does the opposite, it puts moisture back in the skin. So if you've got the red light next to your computer, that's great as well, but keep hydrated because you're going to lose a lot of moisture from your skin. That will dry up and, and you'll age quicker um, that way when you're exposed to blue light in isolation. And, you know, if there are other ambient, after you say you've done all of that and there's other ambient sources of blue light around, so for instance, maybe some lights are on somewhere, maybe, you know, the, there's appliances with LEDs. You can wear the blue light filtering glasses as well, which are the clear lenses or the yellow lenses that you can wear during the day too, to kind of mitigate any of the other ambient sources of blue light that are around. I'm, I'm always one that, you know, if I'm working for long periods on a computer, 
yes, I've got my biohacked workstation as described, but I'll also wear the blue light glasses as well. It's almost that sort of double whammy, just double double edge protection. Um, but if I'm on maybe for like half an hour, an hour only in a day, like 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 we are now, then I think it's enough like just with the setup that we've got. Um, but yeah, if I'm on for any more than an hour, then yeah, the blue light glasses are going on. Otherwise I just, even with that setup, my eyes are starting to hurt a, mm-hmm. a, a lot more. So yeah, that's probably a few few good tips to get people started, I think. Yeah, I feel like it's like signifies work time for me whenever I put my blue light blockers yes. on. I have night shift on my phone and mm-hmm. I <laughs> I would post pictures and I looked at the pictures on my friend's phone who has the bluest phone, my fr- our friend Danielle. And I was like, first of all, you need night shift. Your phone is so blue, it's hurting my feelings. It's literally so blue. But I looked at my photos on her phone and I, they looked 100% different. Like the filters yes. that I was using yes. were completely yeah. skewed because I was in like the yellowest night shift <laughs> mode. So I was like, what are these photos? I look literally insane. But I keep my um, phone on pretty much night shift all the time. And then I also have Flux on my computer, which um, mm. helps with like sort of the the colors as well, which I like. But the light thing is is fascinating. I knew that about the car and I didn't necessarily understand why the light through the light windows of the car was even more damaging than just normal light. And that's really helpful because it separates the UVA and UVB, which is damaging. Mm. Yeah, exactly that. And, you know, another thing that I've been on, uh, sort of on the fence about for a long time, and and again, context needs to be applied, is is sunglasses. So (laughs) it's a really interesting one, right? So naturally, ancestrally, we wouldn't have worn sunglasses. But do we live in an environment now where we are in the same environment as our ancestors? No, we're, we're not. And when you actually start to look at some of the evidence out there, what what has become pretty clear is that something called glare, which we're all all aware of, is actually an intensification of UV light, and it almost simulates that we are living at a higher altitude by having this amount of glare pass through our eyes. And when you're at higher altitudes, the the UV light obviously increases the higher you go as you get getting closer to the sun. And that actually increases risk of, you know, sort of permanent eye damage like cataracts, but also just sort of general eye pain as well, even though it's temporary. So when you actually start looking at thing, looking at this, there is actually a thing out there. You know, this is a this is a thing. It's been studied. And when you have glare, say, off a building or off the back of a car or off snow, for instance, that's another big one, which is a natural source. That light is, you know, sort of 10 to 100 times more intense, the UV, than what you would be getting if it was just direct sunlight onto your, onto your skin and through your eyes. So it becomes quite clear that sunglasses do play a little bit of a role in protecting your eyes when you're in a man-made environment or if you're in, you know, a snowy environment like skiers wear goggles, for instance. So you you don't want to be wearing sunglasses in the morning or the evening because you want that UV light to come through your eyes. You want that sort of circadian entrainment. You want the UV light to um, give you the DC electric current. But if you're in an area of high glare, so and, and during a high UV period, so between 11 and 3 p.m., you want to be considering probably looking at some sort of UV protection because that intensification of UV off those man-made surfaces could actually be, you know, contributing to something a little bit nasty down the line. And this is where sort of biohacking comes into, you know, its own because we can't physically get back to how we were ancestrally. The earth has changed, you know, even if you lived in a field in the middle of nowhere, you're still going to get pollutants or X, Y, and Z or, or 
EMFs like Bluetooth and Wi-Fi are still going to come through. So we've actually got to biohack our our, um, our lives. And one thing I was I was just sort of completely against sunglasses um, until I started to research. And you know, this is what I you know what a lot of our community like about blue blocks and, and myself in particular that we're not a zealot in one particular thing. We're not like sunglasses are bad. I don't care about that evidence. Cognitive, cognitive dissonance comes in and we're just like park that. We just want evidence that shows that we were right. I was wrong about sunglasses. I think that, you know, I was right in so much that you need to let natural light in your eyes in the mornings and evenings um, and a little bit during the middle of the day as well um, to entrain your circadian rhythm. That's fine. But because we're in this man-made environment with all these sources of glare, if we're not, if we're not wearing sunglasses during that time, we're going to have severe damage to our eyes over a long time, over a long time. And specifically, when you are you have mutant eyes like myself, which are blue, we have less melanin in our eyes because they're blue. The higher, the browner, darker your eyes are, the more melanin you have, the more UV light you can handle for your eyes. But you know. A, Caucasian blue-eyed boy like myself in Australia with glare, like I'm asking for trouble if I'm not wearing um, sunnies for at least two or three hours during the height of the day when I'm in an area of, of high glare. Mm. I want to um, I want to touch back on the red light. I know we talked about it in yeah. our first interview, but I think it deserves a bit of a review because I always find this so fascinating and I know you have a new device out. So I kind of want to talk about that and the daily use of that. So how does red light combat our exposure to blue light and what is actually happening to the cells. Uh, okay. Right. Um, so what it does is it's it basically restores cellular damage caused by blue light in, in a nutshell. Um, and it's about to get a bit complex here. Okay. So I'm going to try and make it as simple as I can. Try to make it easy. So ultimately what happens is red light Okay, I'll give the. Okay, let me. I don't know how to make this as simple as possible, but we, <laughs> we can we handle it. Hey, Andy, we can handle it. Make it on okay, our blonde hair. You our know. blonde hair gives it away. We can oh, handle no, it. Oh, yeah, I didn't mean it like that. Uh, no. I meant it's, no, like, I, it's like I need to be able to explain this simply without going too too deep. But anyway, what happens is in our body we we create we have something called electron chain transport. Okay, and this is how we produce something called adenosine triphosphate, okay, which is ATP, which is our energy. So it's the process by which food, water, sunlight goes into this chain transport system. And then at the end of it, it spits out energy and we can move, okay, and we can run metabolic processes. The more of that we have, the more efficient the process is in our body. So the, it's almost like the, the better, the, the more energy you put into something, the more, the better the result's going to be, the better the, the end result, um, and the more energy there is to go around to do what it, what there is to do. So if you're like, say, tidying your house and you're completely hungover in the morning, it's going to be a pretty shitty job. Let's be honest. It's not going to be that great. You probably do half of it and then you sit down and just like go to sleep. Whereas if you're really refreshed, you're full of energy and you're like, right, I'm going to clean this whole house. Um, and you're there for eight hours and it looks absolutely immaculate at the end of the day. So it's that kind of system. So what happens There's at the fourth phase, okay, there's a, there's something called cytochrome C ox, C oxidase. Okay. And that is a very specific molecule that then reacts with oxygen mm -hmm. and then produces ATP. 
So what happens is that we build up inflammation in our body and we produce something called nitric oxide. And what happens is oxygen is taken away from cytochrome C oxidase because it needs to neutralize nitric acid. So there's less oxygen to react with cytochrome C oxidase. So we produce less energy because we're inflamed, EMFs, pollution, general metabolic processes, stress, shitty food, whatever it may be. So what happens is what red light does is it, it appears that 660 nanometer red light and 850 nanometer infrared light, those specific frequencies of light, they go, when they're put into shone on your body, they actually take the place of oxygen and they react with nitric oxide. So they reduce the inflammation by, by neutralizing nitric oxide, which means there is more oxygen left to then react with cytochrome C oxidase and produce more energy. So if you shine your red light therapy device on your face, you're going to produce more ATP in that area. So there'll be less inflammation because the red light will reduce the nitric oxide. More energy will be present, which then boosts collagen, um, reduces wrinkles, causes cellular repair to happen because there's more energy to go around. It's a more efficient system. If you then shine it on your sore leg muscle after doing 100 squats in the gym, the infrared light will do the same thing. There'll be more energy in that area. So it will go, okay, where do I need to put this energy? Okay, I need to put it into this sore muscle because it's aching and we need to repair it. Whereas before, without red light, you're not producing optimal amounts of energy because we're getting so much inflammation in our modern world that the oxygen has to be used to get rid of that first before the energy is produced. So that's and the oxygen how is red in, light therapy works. Is the oxygen is ingested oxygen that we breathe in? Is that the type of oxygen? It's both. It's 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 from the 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 air we're breathing in. Yes. Um, it can also come from the food we're eating when it's broken down and also water. So like water. H2O, it mm -hmm. takes it from the water as well. And then for, there's yeah. also nitric oxide supplements as well too, right? That help with cellular, where people can take them as supplements, correct? You can, yeah. It's slightly different how yeah. that's um, put together. I mean, I'm not a supplement yeah. expert. Yeah. I just know that the excess in the in the body, in that specific yep. ATP chain transport is is what's, taking away from the energy production. But yeah, you can, you can actually take nitric oxide yeah. supplements. Um, typically before a workout, it's pretty, pretty good from what I've heard to do because yeah. it just gives you that sort of boost and in you go. So um, yeah, I guess you can take supplements as well. I mean, I'm pretty yeah. anti-supplements myself. Um, you really like there's a pill for that, Andy. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I've, I've heard of those supplements as well, but I've been using red light for a year, a year or so now. And I feel like it's one of my favorite things I've ever done. I definitely notice on my skin, my skin is mm -hmm. like better than ever just from using the red light and from being really consistent with it. Do you know if there's any effects of the red light on your eyes and your vision? I'm always curious about how the red light hitting your eyes affects it. And personally, I think it's actually positive to kind of counterbalance all the blue light, but have you heard or read any research on that? Yeah, absolutely. It's twofold. So visible red, um, I take it you're, you were asking the question about, but I'll also talk about the infrared side because it's in red light therapy as well. So from a red light standpoint, again, context. So generally speaking, no, you're not going to have any issues. Um, red light is restorative, doesn't cause any damage. However, um, some devices that are out there focus on something called irradiance. So it's the intensity of the red light. And a lot of brands out there like to focus on having the most intense light 
possible because it shortens the, the treatment time with, with red light. So the higher the irradiance, the less you need of it. So you're not there for like four hours, you know, with a really low irradiance device. But on the other side of the coin is that because it's so intense and so strong, it could strain your eyes. I remember when I was testing our devices, I went really high on the irradiance to start with. Myself and Katie tested this device. We put it on our, our face. We looked at it. And then for about 20 minutes afterwards, we were just seeing red dots everywhere <laughs> for like ages. It was so bad. So we reduced the irradiance down to a point where we weren't seeing those dots because that can't be good, right? Um, on the flip side, infrared light at 850 nanometers um, is damaging to the eyes. So you would need to wear goggles ideally when utilizing that frequency of light or at least not look directly at it so don't don't stare right at it you know um so you've got to be careful with that and a lot of a lot of brands won't, won't mention that because obviously it will scare people but you know it's absolutely amazing for you when it's on your skin it's just the eyes on that invisible frequency that that can cause some damage so goggles are, are best worn when you're, you're utilizing the invisible frequencies. And if you've got a red light device that has really high irradiance, um, you'll know because you'll start seeing stars. You don't want to be looking directly at that, in my opinion, as well. I think you should probably close your eyes or at least look away from it a little bit. <laughs> Star yeah, staring into it's kind of a funny... I always love to stare into it. Yeah, just like, why. Just like pass out. I'm like... Do it. Yeah, like burn me. Get in there. I would love. We did talk. So we talked about what what exactly it is and how it works. And I I feel like I know the benefits so well because every time I do something regularly, I look up the benefits regularly to remind myself why. Mm -hmm. Like if I eat yeah. a salad, I'm like, what is the benefits of kale? Can you tell us a little bit more about the benefits of red light therapy? Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a really interesting one, red light therapy because there's. Unlike blue light, um, you know, there's, there's studies on blue light, lots of them, but there's so many on red light and specifically the frequencies that I've mentioned, 660 and 850. There's 4,000 peer-reviewed studies on red light and its benefits. And there's 400 double-blind, placebo, gold standard, you know, A-star sort of studies that are the best in, in, in class. And I mean, I could list so many things here, right? So from, from a facial standpoint, um, like skin conditions, like eczema, acne, you know, you can have things like um, fine line wrinkles can, can be reduced. You can also um, reduce, I'm sorry, increase collagen. That's a big, big, big one. Um, Katie uses it all the time, um, every evening on her face, hoping her lips will plump up naturally. So um, <laughs> I, I think they are, but um, she loves doing that. Um what else is in there from a, um, and, and that, that's all what red light does. Okay. Cause visible red light only penetrates skin deep. Whereas the infrared lights used to go deeper into the tissue. So more into the muscles and bones. So infrared light is fantastic for things. Like if you've got, um, like joint issues, like arthritis, um, it's great for, you know, doms, if you're having a big gym session, or if you've run a marathon, you're exhausted, you can have some recovery there and you know you can see that a lot of sports teams now have like red light therapy rooms that they're going into just to recover afterwards and we're doing some work with um the canadian olympic team where you know they're utilizing our products for for you know just to give them the cutting edges as well which is really interesting you know there's fat loss is, is a huge one as well 
there was a really interesting study, and I can send this to you if you want to have a look at it. They, they did a, a treadmill test. So they took some, some participants and had them run on a treadmill. Um, and then they, they obviously split the group and the other half ran on the treadmill with red light therapy shining at them. And they found that the ones that did the same amount of cardio exercise, um, but had the red light on lost about 47% more fat during the course of this study just by having the red light shining on them. And that is, you know, it's an obvious answer when you look at that other study that I, sh I was talking to you about earlier, which was fat loss increases when you exercise in sunlight and what's present in sunlight, infrared light. So, you know, the light you're exercising under can accelerate your, you know, aesthetic goals for, for what you want to do. Um, muscle building. It's fantastic for that because there was a really interesting, really interesting uh, study that um, Ben Greenfield did. Actually, I think he was shining red light on his testicles for oh, yeah. like six weeks, and then was measuring his testosterone levels, and they were just going up and up by um, shining red light down there. So you know, if you're, I'll if you're never a guy forget or, that in the book. I wow. read, I read his book in that chapter. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it was like so his voice. Yeah, I was like, he does write these books because yeah. it was like I shined it on my junk and like I was rock hard. It was so unbelievable. But it's I was like, oh, that's, wow, like, that makes sense how it increases because the blue light decreases yeah. testosterone, so it makes sense that there'd be yes. something to counteract and increase your testosterone. Would you, would you have to shine it on the junk, or could you shine it anywhere and increase testosterone? Um, I, I I think personally, it would have to be down there mm -hmm. because it's spot treatment with. With That's red light, he, you want more yeah. ATP in that sort of area, more Got energy it. down there, I guess. That's what he did. <laughs> All right. Yeah, All exactly. right. So, yeah. Passing it on. Passing it on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not done it myself yet, but... Um, Come maybe, on, Andy. Keep us posted. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, so inflammation, fat loss, yeah. um, fine lines, wrinkles, collagen production, and also can help your thyroid, right? Just like if you have thyroid yes. health, putting it on your thyroid. Huge jump. The most studied, actually, so really good catch there. Um, it's the most studied one. So we know that blue light can affect the thyroid, hence why we should be wearing a scarf or protecting the thyroid against blue light. There was a study in Japan that showed that um, there was a lot of cellular damage from blue light that was causing um, issues in thyroid in, in, in women mainly, which was really interesting. We don't know why um, from a, a sort of study standpoint, but it seems to affect women a lot. So what red light does is obviously it re recovers, restores, and um, just causes, you know, when, like, I guess how I explained red light to you guys, putting more energy, more efficient mm -hmm. energy into the system, your, your hormone regulator, specifically for women um, in the thyroid, if you're putting more energy and making it more efficient, just think of the efficient amount of an optimal amount of hormones that you're going to be producing. So you're just going to be really balanced and feel great. And yeah, there's, there's been so many of those gold standard studies done on the thyroid and red light. And, you know, what's 10 minutes a day with a red light device just sort of pointing there? It's, you know, we, we stand for eight hours a day with our phone in that position. So why not just add, you know, a red light there for, for 10 minutes? So yeah, that's a, a huge, huge one. Yeah, that's so true. As you're saying this, I'm just wondering why why aren't like recovery rooms and hospitals red light? Why aren't can't like mm -hmm. do you know what I'm saying? Like if nothing makes sense. Knowing that this works, why the hell not? Why mm -hmm. the hell not wouldn't we put our patients, people in doctors offices in a room with red light? I can imagine that there might be some things with with 
other people adjusting to doing their work under these certain lights, but we've adjusted to this artificial crap light above us. Mm -hmm. So I think we can adjust to this other light. And I'm also thinking about people in offices in general and why aren't, I know people have gotten their blue light glasses, et cetera, but why aren't bigger institutions being like, hey, so most of our workforce is in in an office. How can we optimize this experience so that like their brain is functioning at optimal levels? They're, you know, they're resting optimally. They are, you know, their mood is up. So it's just, it's pretty wild to me that this isn't kind of mainstream yet. And I, I hope that you will be the one to just bring it mm-hmm. <laughs> to all these places yeah. because it's- I know. We're- it just seems like a no-brainer and I'm confused as to why it's not, you know, a part of it. Yeah, it's it's tough. And I, I find that the, the more, you know, the likes of us three research things a lot more, the more we become detached from, you know, the, the, the status quo out there. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's, it's hard to do, but you have to pull back and realize that majority of the population don't seek out the, the, the they don't have the thirst for new knowledge and, and working yeah. things out themselves. They like to just be told, you know, this is, this is what it is. You don't need to worry about this. You need to eat this. You need to supplement on this, et cetera. And I think people just generally don't know about it. And I think that when it goes to a certain level, you know, I, again, I don't want to get into bashing big pharma and things like that, but, you know, it gets to that certain level and they're like, well, you know, we can sell a red light therapy device for $1,500 to someone, which will probably help them with their arthritis for, for the rest of their life. Or we could sell them a pill that's going to get us 15 grand or 150 mm-hmm. grand for the rest of their life. It, it becomes, I think, in a capitalist economy, it doesn't make sense to have something that isn't going to yield more net profit um, in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's what's holding us back as a civilization when it comes to healthcare in particular. And, and a lot of us sort of, I guess, moving forward, you know, capitalism has been fantastic for a lot of um, growth and, and technology and things like that. Don't get me wrong. But I think from a healthcare perspective and wellness perspective, if it doesn't, you know, work from a capitalist perspective, then you know, people will look at it from more of a business perspective rather than, right, how do we get people well? It's more a case of, well, how do we get them to stay alive for so long that we can make money out of them, but Mm -hmm. giving them a good quality of life or an okay quality of life whilst taking X supplement. And it's it's, it's harsh to say, and I wish we didn't live in a world like that, but it's, it's fact of the matter. And, you know, this is the thing with, with blue blocks is, is so much that, we, we don't have huge amounts of repeat customers because people come to us and they buy the product and the product is such good quality that it's going to last them for the rest of their lives. And we know that. And that's why it's important that we go and educate and tell everyone about this because we want everyone in the world to wear this product. Um, and, you know, not to sort of gloss things over, we need to make a profit to be in business, to be able to educate, but we're not doing it in such a way that we're like, right, how do we make these glasses break in, mm-hmm. in, in three months? So someone has to come up and buy one. How do we give them a red light therapy device that, you know, it will last six months, then they're going to have to buy another one. We don't think like that. It's more like once we've got someone as, um, you know, one of our amazing customers, they've got that product for life. They've got the support from us for life. And we want to be number one to make people healthy, whereas the general capitalist world where they're just like, right, how do I become a billionaire? Um, it's more a case of when you look at it from an economic standpoint, you 
take people's hells out of the equation and you're just like, well, how do I maximize profits? And I think that that is the reason why we're not seeing it in hospitals or institutions or um, office environments, because it's just not going to make the shareholders as as much money as, as they want, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, think about if that was like a pharmaceutical, if that was the goal, it's like, one million people saved or like 1 million people are well because of us instead of like $15 billion made this year. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you want to have an interesting time, you can see the numbers on big pharma over in 2020 and 2021 after everything with COVID, you know, it's very interesting to see how money is being transferred. And that's like one of the places, but it's, Yeah. And it's interesting too with capitalism. It's like when capitalism is corrupt capitalism, it works in the way that we have it now where there is so much power and money in places that are damaging to people's health, lives, and and health, life, and well-being. But capitalism as a structure isn't necessarily the corrupt. It's like the way in which we engage with with capitalism. But yeah, I mean, we could go on forever about that. Um, I think even for Lindsay and I, as um, like guides and leaders, you know, through of the podcast, it's like we've always wanted people to join us on the journey and their conscious evolution, but we've never wanted them to be feel like they're reliant on us and they need us for yeah. anything in their life. It's really empowering them mm-hmm. to find their own answers, their own path, their own solution. And that's not as prof- profitable right now as like the guru path to be like, I am the guru. We have all the answers. We have everything, but it feels like the most aligned. Mm-hmm. And I just love, you know, you started off this conversation by just sharing your own research. And we forget that like we can do our own research. Sometimes it feels Mm -hmm. daunting to look up studies or go to trusted resources to learn ourselves rather than just kind of find out on Twitter or Instagram or what have you. So that was really inspiring to me um, to hear you say that. Are there, when people are doing their own research, last question for me, are are you... Mm looking in specific places? How are you vetting this information so that you know that you are getting real information? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, the big, big thing for me is that personally, I will only look at peer reviewed studies. So studies that have been done in, you know, laboratories by PhDs, by doctors, and they've then been validated. The the big thing as well is, and I see it so much now, unfortunately, because people want clicks on Mm -hmm. their articles, whether they're peer reviewed or not, they want clicks. Um, Clicks brings advertising, brings data. And, you know, in the capitalist world, that's king. And what you find is some of the titles are misleading or they'll put a title in saying, you know, like sunlight causes cancer. And then they put put something in the sort of um, blurb at the top saying, oh, you know, be careful of sunlight. You know, we've known this all this time, but it causes skin cancer. And then you read the study and it's nothing about that whatsoever. So you've really got to, unfortunately, not rely on titles of studies, read them and go, is this saying what it's saying? And there was one, I can't remember it off the top of my head now. There was one about, I think there was one about COVID or something came out and they were saying that, um, you know, there was some sort of issue with people that had COVID then had that, yeah, that was that was it. They said people who get COVID mm-hmm. are 90% more likely to have neurological episodes later on in life. And that was the title. So anyone reading that's like, shit, I don't want to get COVID. I don't want to, you know, have neurological issues later on in life. Or I had it. I read now the I'm study. worried. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I read the study 
And the study was um, basically saying that people who have pre-existing neurological conditions that get COVID will have a 90% greater chance of having intensified neurological episodes later on in life. So they're already sick and getting COVID obviously is going to intensify that sort of situation in them. And then they're going to maybe have some, some issues later on in life. And then when you look at it even more, they were saying that the percentage of the population that had these neurological conditions was something like 0.2% or something like that. So it was just so misleading. Mm -hmm. It was so frustrating. I had to leave a comment on it and, you know, people were commenting back going, yeah, brilliant. Glad you said this. Mm -hmm. And it's just so bad because it's just fear mongering and mm -hmm. you've got to do it in, in light as well. And any research you do, you've got to read not only the studies that support your ideas, but you've got to read the studies that, that go against it as well. You need to read at least, you know, four or five in each camp and then come to your own conclusion then. And, and to be, to be honest, it's difficult to do. I find it difficult. It takes me weeks to research these kind of things. And I think this is why it's important that, you know, if you want to do it yourself, fantastic. I think it's great. And I think people should, and, and people should be empowered to make those decisions. But I also understand that some people won't have the time or energy, um, or maybe some, sometimes the expertise to be able to pick apart some of these studies and come to these conclusions themselves. And this is why podcasts like yours are so important because you bring guests on that have done this hard work and research. You vet these guests to know that they're not going to come on and just give a load of BS. They've actually done the research. So people then can then go, oh, okay, well, I liked what Andy said about the melanin. I'm going to just go and research that a bit more. Maybe I'm going to message him and find out some more about that. Or maybe I, you know, maybe I don't agree with what he's saying about, you know, red light therapy on the thyroid. I'm going to send him a study or, you know, I'm going to go and research this a bit more because he's saying one thing and I think the other. Um, and I think that even when you hear something that is against your beliefs, you should embrace it and you should really go, well, why is this person thinking this way? What's the evidence? Can you, can you send it to me? Can I go and research it? Can I look at this? Can my viewpoint change? And, you know, as I mentioned twice on this show, my viewpoints changed twice on sunglasses and sitting by a window in the space of a year, because two other people have come to me and said, you're wrong. And, you know, a lot of people will go, no, no, I'm not wrong. You know, um, it's, 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 I'm, I'm correct. Like, you know, you're wrong. And it's like, you know, that's not the right question to ask. I was like, why do you think I'm wrong? Um, why do you believe that? And when they explained it to me and I went away and did the research and I asked another person about it, I was like, yeah, you're right. I really appreciate you enlightening me to that and empowering me with that kind of knowledge to go away and look at that specific area of light and then re calibrate my thoughts on that and form a new opinion um, and then go out and do a YouTube video on it and tell my um, followers that, you know, this is, this is changed and I'm sorry, I, I got it wrong, but this evidence is here and you need to now do this. So never be afraid to change your mind as well. And, and, you know, I think you've got to do it with, you know, we do, we do it with diet, mm -hmm. like, you know, um, you know, you might follow a, you know, like a carnivore diet and then know that two months, two years down the line, you're like, well, I've researched that and that's actually really bad for me. Mm -hmm. um, it might be a paleo diet, a vegan diet, whatever it may be. Um, you may then come into new information that's like, well, actually that's not right for me. I need to do, I need to eat this way. I need to exercise this way. So it's just knowing that when you get an answer as well, don't think it's the be all and end all. No, mm. don't stop this 
you know, childlike curiosity, keep looking into things more and you'll just evolve more and more as you, um, as, as you age. So I think it's just very important to keep that open mind and, um, you know, and research heavily where, where you can, you know, both sides. Yeah, I love that. Also, I think it's just looking at who studies, who funds studies. You know, a lot of times Uh, like pharma, dairy industries, food industries, factory farming industries will fund studies Mm -hmm. and they'll almost do it underneath. They'll create a a study organization or pseudonym for a study organization. So it'll be funded by the dairy industry as an example, like when they talked about how um, chocolate milk after a workout is like, really great for you. They'll create like a different name to run the business study under so that if people look at it, it looks like it's from like an independent organization when really it's like funded by these specific organizations like pharma, dairy, whatever, that have an agenda behind them that will essentially do or alter studies in specific ways until they get the answer or um, the solution that they're looking for. So I think that's also something too, that when we look at any articles or facts or research, like factcheck.org, anything like that, we have to look at who's actually funding these and what kind of agenda they have and where do they want to keep and maintain their current power. Yeah, absolutely. And have you guys seen that some um, Seaspiracy program on um, I can't. Netflix? I didn't. I've seen, um, I've, yeah. I've been plant-based for a long time and I've seen tons of those. And mm-hmm. I just I, I kind of know what's going on. Not that I know everything, but I understand mm-hmm. the gist and I act accordingly. So I was kind of like, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of good on that. I also don't know. I, yeah. I think maybe I'm just like a skeptic a little bit with, I want to find a documentary that's not on like a major platform. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. I, I don't yeah. know what that means. I just like, I don't know. It's it, it seems I'm turned off sometimes by main mainstream platforms like a Netflix kind of riding yeah. that wave and riding the emotion of people. I don't know. I'm sure it's great, but yeah, I just I like am skeptical. Yeah, no, I agree. I think regardless of what a documentary is saying, whether it's pro- fishing, anti-fishing, pro-vegan, anti-vegan, pro-carnivore, anti-carnivore, what's the documentary doing? It's presenting all the evidence that supports their beliefs and Mm -hmm. there's none of the flip side. So, you know, I I want the day where there's like the the both sides of the the coin and we can, uh, Mm -hmm. there's not an agenda, but um, I I did watch it and sort of just relating to what Mm -hmm. you said, Chris, there about, um, you know, people funding studies. um, It was brought to light in this program that the sustainable fishing badge that you can put on, say, your tuna was actually that the organization was actually funded by the sort of world fishery sort of um, board that actually was pro going out there and just fishing. Um, and the process of getting a badge was basically just like put in a put in an application, just say it's sustainable, and then bang, you get the sustainable fishing badge. So wow. it's just that that yeah, stuff is so gross. Careful, to hey, me. Like, yeah, that stuff is it's just so awful. gross. And, yeah. so gross really bad and yeah like you were saying with studies you know it's the same thing it's like there's you know there's so many agendas out there yeah, and, you know money making things that even studies can be you know flawed now by who's funding them and mm-hmm. it's almost like you know if you're reading a study on sugar funded by the sugar corporation it's just you don't even read it just mm-hmm. tear it up throw it in the bin and mm-hmm. you know find one that's independent because you should be wasting your time a bit like the the documentary you're not missing anything watching it because it's a one-sided argument on something that you know we can make our own informed decision about by doing our own research mm-hmm. um, and, and coming to those conclusions yeah just as a last thing on that i do feel like when we are presented with information that is in things like seaspiracy and and 
earthlings or other type of like food mm-hmm. ink. It's like, we are so scared that we could have been contributing to that for so long that we often are like completely like disregarding. We're like, no, no, this is not true. I want to find information to help me feel better because I've been participating mm-hmm. in what I now understand to be horrifying. But a lot of it, again, is do, mm. we're participating in under the guise of there are things in place like that organization that are also helping us and helping the cause so that we're not contributing to it. That's what our hope is, you know, when we're buying things that have those type of seals mm-hmm. or whatever. Oh my yeah. gosh, we went down <laughs> quite, the, quite, the, quite the rabbit hole. I would love to just end and talk a little bit about, so your new red light therapy devices. I'm so excited to get mine. I cannot wait. It's honestly one of my favorite things. So I'd love to tell our listeners a little bit about that because they're obviously huge fans of Blue Blocks already. I'm wearing the Magnums. Mm. You're wearing- I'm wearing the Arrow Summer Glows. They're my favorite. Yeah, they're the best. And then we wear. I wear my mask every night when I travel. I have to say the Remedy Sleep Mask so I don't have blackout curtains yet in my new apartment. It has saved me. Mm-hmm. Sean laughs Love because that. I have like, I literally, I cannot sleep without the mask. It's been so helpful to get my full night's rest. Oh, oh. That's so amazing to hear. We actually have three new ones coming mm-hmm. out um, in July. Um, actually, probably more August, actually. Um, and we've gone, um, we've gone full organic cotton um, wow. on those as well. And we've got a pink one. We've got a blue one. Um, a gray one coming out. So yeah, and they're, they're, they're going to be like lighter versions. So not as, not as heavy. I quite like the heavy one because mm-hmm. um, the pressure it puts, but- <laughs> You should have weighted ones. ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give me weighted everything. Um, yeah, exactly. It's so good. Um, so yeah, we've got those coming out, but yeah, the red light therapy. So we started with just a handheld device, um, which we reverse engineered to remove all flicker and all EMF. Um, so we've had that independently mm. tested and that's- Oh, that's amazing. Wow. So I was worried about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the EMF. absolutely zero EMF when wow. it was tested. So we got we got Alex Fergus to test it um, in New Zealand and he's like this staunch biohacker and he's tested like infrared, Juve, um, Blue Blocks, Gemma Red, like all the big brands. And he was just shocked with, you know, I was coming back with, you know, zero EMF. So that is huge. Um, so that was really good. Um, and then we just made sure that the intensity of it wasn't too high. So it's not going to damage the eyes on the red light side of things. Treatment time, we got down to 10 minutes. You know, we could, could have had it at two minutes, but you would have been blind afterwards. And then infrared light at 815 nanometers is in there as well. And it's um, got a little stand, so you can put it on. It's handheld. It's beautiful. And then we've got two others as well. We've got, um, and that's called Hive. Okay, so like because it looks like a sort of beehive, it's really cool. And then we've got Hive Demi, which is like a half body panel, and it comes already built into this stand, and you can move it around. And again, it's um, you know the low EMF, the um, no flicker. This one isn't battery powered. You plug it into the mains, but there's there's no flicker on there. Flicker is really bad because it causes eye damage over time. And pretty much every red light therapy device flickers because they don't put the um, AC and DC current converter within their um, switchboard within the um, red light therapy device. It's the same technology we used in our red light bulbs, our Lumi bulbs. So you're not going to get any flicker in, in Hive. And then we've also got the full body panel as well, which is like, you know, hang it on the back of your door and you can get all the benefits all over your body. And you can do a Ben Green feel with that if you want as well and get naked and get in front of it or whatever. whatever. Our whole audience are going to put their uh, balls on it. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if someone puts if someone puts their balls on it and then messages me wanting to uh-huh. return it, the answer is no. Yeah. Back, keep it. <laughs> Looking for that boost, baby. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, I am. But yeah. Pumped. So again, like like with all our products, reverse engineered. We we've looked at what's on the market, and again, like the blue light glasses, we weren't happy with what was on the market because yes, there was you know in red light therapy. The, the brands out there are amazing. They've got the 660, they've got the 850, they've got good intensity, but you've got EMF pumping out of them and you've got Flickr just like, if you film all these devices in slow-mo, it's just pulsing out mm-hmm. Flickr, which is just real bad for you long-term neurologically. So we've reverse engineered all that. And you know our products compared to our US competitors in the red light space are a hell of a lot cheaper as well. Mm-hmm. Um, even to buy it from Australia and have it shipped over from here, um, to the states is you know you're saving four or five hundred dollars just by wow. doing it that way um just because the relationships we have with our engineers here in, in australia so we can build them cheap and efficiently and, and get them out um which is great because we partner with suppliers that just understand the, the, the i guess the ethical and, and educational thing that we want to be doing and they're happy not to just smash us on price so we can pass it on to to the customers as well so yeah huge um huge opportunity for for red light those that want to get into it and don't want to pay um ridiculous prices and you know we've you know i mean for instance you know the, the mini you can pick up from us for about 220 dollars mm. with free shipping and the US equivalent is about four or five hundred. Um, wow. So you're getting a better device for half the price. It's a no brainer. And then we have our code. Yeah, we have our code, baby. Yeah, code. And that as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you guys, yeah. red light Use is the code as well, and it's going to be the 200, best. So. Yes, it's the best. I meditate in front of it. Mm-hmm. I'll journal in front of it. I'll pray in front of it. It's just like. I won't pray to it, but I'll pray. <laughs> you know, I'll pray while using it. Um, but it's incredible. Yeah, I just love how passionate and thorough mm-hmm. you and your team are. It's just why we love you and and trust the brand and just tell everyone we know about it. Mm-hmm. So thank you as always. Learning so much from you. You are a wealth of knowledge. And I feel like there's so many people that haven't listened to that first episode. So these two are very different, but please go back and listen to that first one. And as always, we have our code almost 30 for 15% off blue blocks. Yes, you guys have to get your blue mm-hmm. blocks, either the Remedy Sleep Max, the sum- Sleep Mask, the Summer Glow. I'm wearing the Magnums. And then we're going to get them some red lights. We should get some for our yes, team. I actually yeah. love giving the red light. I think it'll be great to give the red light devices like a gift mm-hmm. to people. I think it's something people don't always want to buy for themselves, but is something that really can improve so many areas of your life. We appreciate you, Andy. This was such a delight. Tell Katie hi. I wish we could see you in person. And I'm excited for when you guys have the borders open and we can you know, be together again. Yeah, definitely. And thank you so much for having me back on and asking right. such great questions. You guys always do. You always get my brain ticking. So I super appreciate that as well. Amazing. All right. Well, we will see you soon. And thank you again. Thank you so much. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, Andy. You can also listen to the other episode we did with Andy by searching Andy Mant, Almost 30.
Uh, and you can find out more about Blue Blocks. They have an incredible blog where you can learn so much about uh, what we talked about today and more. That's blublox.com. And then you can use our code for 15% off everything on the Blue Blocks website. And we would also love to thank our other sponsors of this episode. As always, just bringing you brands that we love and use ourselves. Woo More Play, FX Chocolate, Drops, Daily Harvest, and Made In. Amazing. All right, guys, we will see you at Camp Almost 30 happening on July 24th. It's going to be incredible. It is free for all of our community. We just want to do something really, really special for you guys as we kick off our second round of membership coming up, which we're really excited about. We love all of our community members. You can find out more about Camp Almost 30 and reserve your free spot at almost30.com. All right, we'll see you on the next one. Bye.